0: I've noticed a few things. I don't know if you've noticed a few things. You probably have, that there's a lot of talk about climate change. You noticed? We're going to talk a little bit about climate change this morning, and some of you are going, "Oh, here we go again." Now this will be a bit different, believe me. Um, but I want to talk about climate change, and it used to be called global warming. Had you not noticed that? We don't get a whole lot of the warmth here, really, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But but it used to be called global warming, and then they changed it. I don't know why, no idea, you know, conspiracy theories pro- probably know all about that, um, but, uh, but there's a lot of change, there's an awful lot of change in the last 10, 15 years, there's a lot of change actually in the last five years, uh, loads of stuff, and a massive change that has happened in Ireland, that's happened in the Western world and probably all over the globe, is there's been a, a huge moral change has come into our society. Uh, Uh, There's a new cynicism as well, because of authorities that haven't behaved very well, and a lot of them. And uh, I suppose there's a default in that cynicism of, do we trust people anymore? Do we trust authorities anymore? And people are kind of doing what what they're thinking themselves. You know, you go to the University of Google and YouTube and you know well the doctor said this but the doctor the the YouTube said take a pound of nettles and boil it and you'll be grand like do you know what I mean yeah but your leg is falling off yeah but you know Google said um. but there's an assumption that the authorities aren't doing well I'm not saying they're not but we've been let down here and there along the way and that puts a cynicism inside us, a a trustworthiness and when you read the newspapers, I don't know about you, but me, I'm thinking, well, who pays for this? Who's funding this behind? Because you know, follow the money, you'll get the agenda, that kind of stuff. We never thought like that before. And and then with national medias particularly, we, we really trusted them because they were. Well, we trusted the nation. We generally knew the politicians were a little bit corrupt, but they weren't overly corrupt. And we we trusted if a politician came on the news, we just believed them. But now we kind of question it. Have you noticed that come in? It's interesting. Um, And then over time then, certain things that were good are now seen as bad. And some things that are bad, or used to be bad, are now seen as good. You know, I don't want to get into that too deep. Do you know what I mean? We would have to give up medication in the church for that. But, but, But even just on a superficial level with the petrol diesel. Petrol was good. Diesel was bad. Now diesel is bad. Petrol is good. Now electrics are good. And they're saying, oh, no, no, let's go to hydrogen. And it's like, for well, somebody, please just tell us, you know. <laughs> anyway. But it seems in so many ways that we're living in an upside-down world. It's a very fluid world. So, so much that truth is not really seen as objective truth, which used to be the pillars in society. Like, like these three pillars here would, would hold up. The, the moral values and the order and the structure inside in society. Now because truth now is not an objective truth, something outside of you. But truth is seen now as a personal thing. It's my truth. Truth. It seems to be understood now as more as driven by emotions and feelings. You know, I've got to tell you, I've got to speak straight to you. I feel tall and thin. That's my truth. God bless that brother in the back. We've always loved the Germans in Ireland. But there is such thing as objective truth, isn't there? Now there is stuff that we feel as well. I mean, I'm a therapist, I don't want to diss what anyone feels ever. I'd never do that. But let's not call it an actual truth. Yeah, yeah. I feel what I feel. That's okay. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah. I came across a situation recently, not in the therapy room, but I came across a situation recently where I was well, somebody identified as a pencil. <laughs> I mean, what you do with that? Hear <laughs> it. I could draw a line somewhere, but <laughs> but it's serious. Something I don't find as sensible. And then I came across not just one instance, but about four of them. On the media, which of course we trust. One of them was in Ireland, where someone wanted to marry a horse. <laughs> and you're thinking, have we gone completely? You see when you detach from truth when you detach from reality you actually become psychotic and everything is at sea if you think everything moves well everything moves and everything is so fluid that we feel terribly anxious because there's no certainties anymore it's very fine you can believe what you want to believe But you know, when people start getting hurt and cancelled and killed, it's a very different story. The reality is, even with religion, maybe especially with religion, we cannot afford to detach from reality. Because if you detach from reality, you're heading down a very fast road to a brick wall called a reality check and boy does that hurt. Anyone here ever hit a reality check wall? Ouch! Yeah? (laughs) Getting back to climate change. There was another time in history when there was massive and sudden changes to the climate. It also coincided with a time when people detached from reality. And they started to marry outside their species, the human species. At another time in scripture that was like that, it said, the people had no king and they did what was right in their eyes. This is my truth and I'll do it. In our time we see a prevailing philosophy that is similar. It's called humanism. See if I can work this. The first service was fun. All things come to long. go here. There you go. Okay. There's a prevailing philosophy that we have today that's similar to that phrase that men are doing what's right in their own eyes because they had no king. Humanism is this a system of thought that attaches primary importance to the human rather than any traditional tradition or spiritual matter. And according to God, human beings are incredibly important. You are incredibly important. Human beings are the pinnacle of creation, but they're not the creator. Do you get me? And actually, human beings are the most dependent of all creatures on the planet. And when we delete God, it's we're the ones that get deleted because he ain't going anywhere. It's we're the ones that get cancelled. And some say we're living in incredibly evil days. But others are saying, no, 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 not at all. We're living in days of liberation and freedom. What is evil anyway? are How could large sways of intelligent people, because remember, our populations now are very, very educated in comparison to history. How could large sways of intelligent people be so polarized, so different in their opinions? Well, these days, one bunch of people are saying, we will do what's right in our eyes. We have no king have no authority. We look inside in ourselves and we find the truth. The other the other side of the pole, well they generally have a belief system. Some may just have a belief system in the universe, some may believe in a higher power but for us Christians we're on the extreme on this side here because it's very different for us because not only do we have objective truth truth that is real certain, certain solid, immovable, trustworthy truth, we also have a subjective experience of the living God. Amen. Amen. Every day, I hope you're in your Bible and praying and having an experience of the Lord. Sure, there's times we go through desert periods in our lives, but the general spectrum of our life is that we have a living relationship with the Lord. Is that true? What an incredible privilege this is. In John chapter 10, uh, Jesus outlined that very, very clearly. He said, my sheep have a quality in them. My sheep listen to my voice. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Would you just stop for a second and think of what that's (laughs) saying? My sheep, the ones that follow me, God in Jesus is saying, they listen to me. Mm -hmm. We have a king. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. You might be going through a hard time now, but you ain't gonna perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. Wow, what security. We have a king. And we follow him. And we actually know him. Our faith is personal. It's not private. Don't mistake it about becoming private. This faith of ours in Jesus Christ is too good to keep to ourselves. We want to give it to as many people as we can. Our faith. And Christians tend to be on the extreme of this polarization. Because we have objective truth outside of us. And we have subjective experiential truth that lines up with that. But there's been a big move in history. Over the last few hundred years, I don't know if you're aware of that, but particularly if you're from the West, it's really, really important to know. I'm going to go through a series of images that portray the thinking of the various times through history. We're looking at the Renaissance here. And we're talking when people were, were, were... There was a revival of classical learning. So they were, they were going in, into a little bit of Greek mythology and all that kind of stuff. But the underlying pinning of the whole thing was that they were people of faith in God. It was just general. From the kings to the princes to the peasants to the guy that worked at McDonald's. They all had faith in Christ. Well, they all had faith in God. They all had faith in God. Another famous picture. We know this, don't we? We've seen this. The, 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 the last supper Jesus there in the middle and you know even some people make comedy kind of things with that don't they but it's a famous comes from that area, era because people wanted to see pictures of Jesus they wanted to see pictures of God and then the Enlightenment came in the 17th and 18th century, where they kind of didn't really want to talk about God so much anymore. Some did, but generally they didn't. They wanted to talk amongst themselves. We will keep tradition and religion out of it, and we will have reason and logic, and we'll work these things out amongst ourselves and kind of keep God out of it. There's a huge price to be paid for that. And we see that as one of the, the most famous pictures during World War One. Wildly different from where we started, isn't it? wildly different Uh, and then uh, going on into World War II I don't even need to tell you what that is you know what that is and there's other pictures as well that we could look at and then in the 1960s we see a thing called the sexual revolution and human beings are just human beings like we don't need to condemn anybody human beings are just human beings they were looking for love they were looking for excitement they were looking for connection However they were looking for it, without God and without his direction for life. And then later on moves into postmodern terms, which is just subjective, which is do, do whatever turns you on, do whatever you want to do yourself. Your own private truth is fine. But with all the education, most educated human beings since, since the start. With all our education, with all our freedom, with all the so called enlightenment, we have more broken families like never before. We have broken communities with broken people. Society is very depleted. What characterized all of this from the very first picture, right moving to where we are here, is a consistency of moving away from God at the time of the gigantic climate change that happened historically we see that God looked down on mankind and he said "The, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil So the Lord was sorry he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. What did God mean? When God's talking about evil, what does God mean? Does he mean that the whole world is full of ax murderers? No. When God uses the word evil, He's talking about a movement, a movement away from him. So when he says says that he observed the extent of human wickedness and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil, he means that everything they thought or they imagined was consistently and totally moving away from God. Does that describe our society? God sees it. God knows it. That our hearts, as a nation, not necessarily you as an individual, as a nation, as a society, continually move away from God. Now, a humanist, if a humanist was in the room, probably isn't, but if you are, you'll agree with what I'm saying. You wouldn't disagree. In fact, you would want it to happen. You would want society to move away from God. But the presupposition within that humanistic thought is that if we move away from God all will be well. But the problem is we don't do well without God. Have you noticed yourself? We don't do well personally without without God and we don't do well nationally without God. And who suffers the most Who suffers the most when a society, when a family, when parents move away from God? Mm -hmm. It's the children, it's the weak, and it's the vulnerable. They're the ones who suffer. Children have suffered so much. And as you've been going through your life in your own personal circumstances, and maybe as you've been looking at the news or reading the newspaper, you can be going, where is God? Where are you, God? What's going on? Where are you? With all this corruption and violence and and, and children suffering and family suffering and societies falling apart, where are you? And it seems as if God kind of says, oh, You want to blame me now. But you've been walking away from me for a very long time. Come back to me. Come back to me, says the Lord. Maybe this speaks to some of you this morning. Maybe you hear this in your heart this morning. The Lord's saying, just turn. You don't have to get it all right. Just turn. Just look back to me. Come back to me. And in Scripture, we see that history kind of goes in cycles. If you just study history in its own, you'll see that history goes in cycles. But definitely within the Bible, you'll see that history goes in cycles. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, it says, History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly you. And we can look back and see the previous instances of climate change in scripture. And it coincides with a movement away from God. And it coincides then with an increase in violence and corruption. But if we know the cycles in history, we can know what happens next. I'm getting my slides confused here, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> The the stories in the Old Testament, the accounts in the Bible are there. Things happened to people for an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Where is God? When we see corruption and violence. Now God saw That the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God saw all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. And God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. That's a scary verse, isn't it? You're delighted you came this morning. (laughs) But what's actually going on there? It's like as if God's saying, I've heard every cry of the victims of violence. I've carried every tear and their blood cries out to me. I've seen sorrow because of your movement away from me. I've seen how the hurt, the, 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 the pain. And God is saying, no, I've got to do something about this. I mean, yesterday, someone phoned me and they were in, a, they were in an awful state. He started to explain to me that he, he, the only bank that he's able to use was the AIB Bank in the South Mall. He said, I know how to, I was paid on Thursday, but I I, I need to go in there because I need to transfer money from where I'm paid on my welfare into another account so I can extract the cash. And I said, okay, what's the problem? He said, I can't go into town. He lives in Cove, I I can't go in. I said, why can't you go in? He said, I'm afraid. Why are you afraid? Because I was beaten up this week, and I'm afraid to go in again. What will I do? That's a common story. A client of mine, or a friend, a friend of mine, a colleague of mine, um, he, um, a client of his, was killed in Don Square two weeks ago. What is happening? And God is hearing. And I've seen the corruption myself, and I've seen institutional corruption. I've listened to people who have suffered under the system with pain and anguish and anger, say, i kill them, they've ruined me, they've destroyed me. I have a friend, Fact, who was given polio by the state. What? Where is God? sat in my car in this city in recent weeks and months and cried When I've seen the vulnerable neglected and all I can say is that we should all say thank God that God is slow to anger Amen. 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 amen you need to thank God that Brian isn't God I mean I was only trying to put the lawnmower into the shed yesterday and there was two bikes stacked on top of each other and I lost it I didn't know bikes could fly (laughs) but God is slow to anger God doesn't have a temper he isn't moody he isn't impulsive he does get angry, but he's slow to anger. But he has a line. And in Genesis chapter 6, you should read these chapters when you go home. It's like as if God says, I'm not putting up with this any longer. And then he says to Noah, Noah, I want you to build a boat. to build a boat. Why Noah? Noah found favor with the Lord. See, Noah was a righteous man. The only blameless person living on the earth, the Bible says, at the time, and listen to this, and he walked and had close fellowship with God. Another translation says, Noah found grace found undeserved favor from the Lord. Do you need undeserved favor from the Lord? I do. How did he get it? He trusted God. Instead of moving away from God he moved towards God and wanted to have a relationship with the Lord. He considered who he would later know as Jesus as his savior and lord the result of that we see in scripture is that he did exactly what god had commanded let me read a few verses to you god speaking to noah look <clears throat> i am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes everything on earth will die but i will confirm my covenant with you so enter the boat You and your wife and your sons and their wives bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all their animals. I was thinking yesterday, it's a heck of a lot of food for a year. It was a year in the ark. Verse 22, so Noah did everything exactly as God commanded. Jesus said, now the son of man, when the son of man returns, it will be like in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. They're scary verses, aren't they? Wow. And some people think God's judgment is a bad thing. But God's judgment isn't a bad thing. God doesn't do bad, have you noticed? God's judgment is a wonderful thing, albeit a terrifying thing. Why is God's judgment a good thing, Brian? He stopped the wickedness. He stopped the corruption. He stopped the violence. Because it was accumulating. It was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Just like a society I can think of. Can you think of that society? And God came and he cleansed the earth. He stopped the awful stuff. God's answer is to put a stop to it. He said, I promise, I will. Long ago, all the galaxies and this very planet were brought into existence out of God's watery chaos by God's word. Then God's word brought the chaos back in a flood that destroyed the world. The current galaxies and the earth are fuel. For the final fire. God is poised. That's scary. Ready to speak his word again, ready to give the signal for the judgment and destruction of the, of the desecrating skeptics. He is restraining himself on account of you. That's a beautiful verse, isn't it? He's restraining himself. On account of you holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost he's giving everyone space and time to change we should be really grateful that God gives us space and time to change God said, this is a picture here of the evacuation of Afghanistan, by the way. Mm. And there was certain people on a list and they were were allowed in. And certain people weren't allowed in. Mm. But I need to tell you, when it comes to God's rescue mission for humankind, even in the midst of violence and corruption and wickedness, (laughs) all are welcome. Amen. Amen. And God may be slow to anger, but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything in it will be found to deserve judgment. But he's holding back. Why is God holding back? Because God loves you because God loves people for God so loved the world he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life this photograph is of the last aircraft that left Kabul There was people clambering to get on, and they didn't get on. But with God's rescue mission, all are welcome. You can come, you, whoever you are. Maybe you've been walking away from God for a very long time. Maybe you've just never walked with God. All he's saying is, "Turn, come back, come back to the ladder. Come back. Noah found favor in God's sight. And so can you. It's undeserved favor. You may say, Brian, you don't know my life. You don't know how bad it is. Have you ever studied Noah? I mean, he should have started Alcoholics Anonymous or something. Because he, he was in a bad way in some ways. But he was a man who had turned to God. He had, it was a man who had close fellowship with God. And he found himself on the ark what direction are you walking in? the fact is God loves you very much He loves you very much so much so He sent His Son Jesus Christ who voluntarily came on a rescue mission to this earth to take you out to give you a new life so that you could escape the wickedness and the corruption and the violence where does the work start it starts in our heart doesn't it yeah. it's easy me accused tom deflects me from me but god wants to save me how Maybe maybe this is the first time you've been in a church like this and you're saying, Gosh, that good looking fellow up the front is he can do a lot of talking. But I kind of want what he's looking for. If you want what you're looking for, I need to tell you God's meddling with you. Yeah. He, he's just got his, he's just meddling with your heart saying, Come on, come on, here you come. If you sense the Holy Spirit, that's God. He's saying, Come on, turn, come on, come on, turn. And what's actually happening is that Jesus is saying, Come on, please. Please, I don't know when the Father is going to press the button and this aircraft is taking away. Please, come. Please, every one of you. The, the, the All over creation, every morning you'll see a sermon preached in the sky, in the beauty around you, and the, the subtext and all of that is, come back to me, come back to me, come back to me. And you might say, Brian, how? How can I come back? Well, you see, it's all relational. It's all directional. Just turn. Just call on him. Jesus said, I am the door. Anyone who enters by me, he will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. Enter in through Jesus Christ. You say, where the heck is Jesus? He's here. Right now. In the presence of His Holy Spirit, same Brian. That's a bit odd, isn't it? You're going to spiritualism now. You have a spirit. It's the very core of who you are. It's that part that I don't know, and you don't, and you do know. And that's where God touches you, right in the very centre of your being, and you feel him right now. Am I right? Yes. He says, "I am the door. Come to me, all you who are weary." Gosh, this corrupt world is tiring, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you are weary and heavy laden. Come on in. And I will give you rest. See, when Jesus was nailed on the cross, just before he died, for you and for me, he said one thing. He said, it's finished. It's completed. The work that would rescue the worst of sinners is done. The work, the rescue mission to bring you into the presence of a loving God, a powerful God who can rescue you from anything, was finished. In the time of the flood, picture quality is bad. In the time of the flood, a Volkswagen transporter, as nice as they are, it wouldn't have saved you a big wooden ark for what's coming next it's not going to save you however in Jesus Christ the new ark is built the temple the door is open and the call has come and he says all you who call upon the Lord you will be saved now is the time this is the day Please come. I'm gonna say that again. Please come. I need to tell you inside my heart I'm screaming Mm. and I'm pleading with you Mm. to come to Christ. Not just to avoid judgment. That, because there's the most, most loving being you can possibly imagine who will bring life and wholeness and peace and fulfillment and deliverance and everything you ever need in life. He is the great I am to that. Amen. Amen. Please come. Please bring your family, your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, the booksher. come lastly I want to speak to the people who do know Christ who are in the ark who know what all this is about I want to challenge you particularly the men particularly the men but not just the men we need Noah's we need young Noah's we need middle aged Noah's we need elderly Noah's I mean, Noah's was 600 and something so everybody's in but the society is turning really, really fast. Whatever about climate change, our society is changing at a mega speed. It's not going to keep going. We all know that. The psychosis is not going to work. But there is a way forward, there is a way through. And you can navigate through the climate change, through the judgment, through the corruption, through the violence. There is a channel by which you can navigate out of all of that. His name is Jesus.